is waiting on fries. That you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back ten minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> We were working over the week over at this, you know, I've been helping my buddy out at a yacht club on Thursday and Friday nights. And uh, by yacht club, I'm not meaning necessarily pinky out. It's like the working man's working class yacht club, like where they go to congregate and talk some shit about business, have some deals. Maybe they do their phone calls during the day or whatnot. I'm just paying this little picture. It's been there forever. It's, it's not super shiny or anything like that. It's like, it's a working class hangout, right? It's the boys club. Okay. So... I've come in, and every day when I come in, they do a lunch there, and all of a sudden, uh, the older crowd of ladies that have belonged to this club for the last 75 years, uh, they've started congregating here, and yeah, maybe one of them belongs to the Yacht Club here, but they start congregating. And then what happens is, they're playing, I guess, gin, what do they play? Gin, I don't know. Gin rummy? Gin rummy, probably. Yeah, the older crowd, whatever they play. They play the... the- uh, pie, pie, what is it called? Pie gal? Pie gal, yeah. Pie gal. Things that go over my head. I'm not yeah. there yet. I need another 40 years. Uh, <laughs> however, they start congregating. Maybe one of them gets a sandwich, splits it four ways for the girl. Right? You could do this. There's no rules on splitting sandwiches or anything like that. Then next thing you know, the next day, all of a sudden they doubled as if somebody fed them after midnight. And... Now it's like day three in. Are you comparing your customers to Gremlins? Yes. Uh, (laughs) And now it's like day three, four. Now there's like a whole corner lockdown of just like the elderly gin rummy squad hanging out at these tables all day long. And do they buy a sandwich every day though? Yeah, and complain. But do they do they split it evenly? Ever? Is it one sandwich and first it was for four, and now we're splitting it eight ways, and now we're splitting it? The it sandwich like, doesn't increase, but the number of people do. It, it almost like might as well, from my understanding. And again, I'm not there during the day, and I'm just hearing things from the back of the house to the front of the house, right? Because there's always a weird translation that right. doesn't. It's not understood very well, or how to maybe handle it with the guest is not as smooth and and. Uh, I don't know, tiptoeable maybe. So sure enough, I, I'm looking at things like, well, we can't yell at the guests really at all for splitting the sandwich. That's not like they could do whatever they want with yeah, it. They're paying if, customers yeah, once they have the sandwich. If you want to apply a charge for sharing plates, like, yeah, you could do that. It's probably not the greatest decision to do it. But sure enough, I go, where are these, where are they all coming from? Where are they, <laughs> where are these people coming from? Sure enough, there's like an old home kind of like right behind the place. <laughs> And they just trickled down, probably in a single file line, like you used to do in grade school and you're going on a little mid-class field trip. Word, get, word gets out in that community. So, yeah. yeah. So the question is, like, how do you handle this situation? Like, who's going to go over to the lead? They got the AOL chat room. The, yeah. They're all, they're all still in it. You know, it's who, like Jim Rummy at the club. who is the senior in charge, right? Who's the most senior here? And who is going to take the blunt of this conversation where it's like, hey, you cannot bring Tammy, Becky, Sue down here. They don't necessarily belong to the Yacht Club, plus the other six that come in to do Jim Rummy. You know, it's almost like you need security at the do door. Do they belong somewhere else that has reciprocity? What is reciprocity? It's it's like when the clubs 
if there's a, a bunch of clubs in in one area, they'll give members at other clubs a little discount, like a, or like a so. guest membership. So if you're a member at one club that's in the vicinity of another club, you can go to their place, and their members can go to your place. So it's like that's interesting. It's like that's uh, like buying a pass for snowboarding or skiing, yeah. Yeah. and you get to go all twelve mountains that they own and have deals with. Uh, I don't think so, not to my knowledge. But it's just interesting to see. You know, you could do like what we talked about couple episodes ago put like a time limit on the table let them know when they come in like i'm gonna need this table later or table minimums yeah say like one sandwich for every two people so and here's the thing too because don't they usually have a minimum spend at the clubs anyway that they have to spend every month this is a working man's club it's not the bougie club um, but yeah, every year I guess they're they're what they call the chick cards. They're loaded up with funds because the membership dues cover some of that, so it brings them back in. So their cards have XX amount of money on it, and they're able to just spend the money as they go. I don't think that putting a minimum on a table is something you can really do in a club that you belong to, as you know, using it as a hangout room or whatnot too. So, you know, at some point cracking down does have to happen, I guess, as the powers start getting abused in certain ways. I mean, you can't say, listen, I would love to have the BLT, but also can you add steak on it? Yeah, no extra charge. Just add me a little (laughs) steak and some cheese on there too. And then when you get the bill, go, wait, why is this an extra $4.75 or, you know, whatever it may be. Let me explain to you that the BLT is bacon, lettuce, tomato only. Not steak. Not with the steak sliced on top of it. You know what I mean? What you want is a steak sandwich with a little bacon, lettuce, tomato on it. Correct. And, and we understand that from being on the backside. But, yeah, it has to be something that's finessed. So my question, too, is, you know, just dealing with this, giving an inch and taking a mile happens all the time in this business. Where all the time. The, I don't like the word customer. I like the word guest. The guest is always right, kind of. I say it all the time, too. Right. And it's just, it's more hospitable. It's, you know, it's not just transactionary. Um, But with that said, at what point do you start giving a little bit of leeway? And then that leeway is fully abused. And then how do you really handle those situations? And we've seen it time and time again. I think it's tough because club, the club life is so different. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not even relating it to this. Uh, I worked in a bougie club, so I don't have the exact Thing, but it didn't matter like we used to, i had the same thing they have a uh, bridge they played a lot oh bridge that's the word i was looking for <clears throat> yeah that's what i was looking for too bridge they used to come lunchtime 30 ladies playing bridge they don't want to spend any money or whatever but they're members so it's like what do you say you're a member you do whatever you want it's yeah. like i'm just here to serve the members and it's the same people it's it's not like uh not that you want to relieve yourself of a guest anyway in in like a public setting, but they're, they're, they're going to be your guests tomorrow, the next day, whatever their members they're paying. So it's a little different of how you go about, you set a table minimum, but for what, you know, because they're members, they can do whatever. <laughs> and, and that's something that needs to be under. But usually too. it's the pay structure is different. Like it shouldn't matter. So the way a club, at least, at least at the level that I was at, the clubs would, um, they operate for, to break even. They don't operate to make, to make money. They want to break even at the end of the day. So the money that comes in from membership and from weddings and from banquets and everything is supposed to cover the cost of running the club, and that's it. And that's why it's it's like a, a club, right? They own, essentially, for lack of a better way to explain it, each member owns a share of the club, and then they, they're, they're basically splitting the amenities. They're all saying, we would like a place to go to go to the pool, have dinner, have service, have a bartender, you know, whatever the club has, tennis, 
golf, whatever kind of club it is, they're saying if we get a whole bunch of people together, we could have this place and it would be cheaper than like buying this place and just living there, right? That's essentially what a club is. And the membership fees are supposed to just cover the cost of the the amenities, not necessarily profit. Well, that makes a lot of sense then now as I look at the prices of some of the drinks on the board and I go, oh my God, this is dirt cheap over here to yeah. get bottles of beer and whatnot. Right. And that and that makes sense. And, you, you know, my buddy's contracted out to run this kitchen here now too. So, uh, I mean, he's making money off of the plates that are being put out. And now here's the further question that could be discussed or thought about. And this this specific place has maybe had a lot of fried foods their whole life in that place. Nothing uh, illustrious, nothing super fancy. You know, none of your Danny Myers plates, I'm pointing at Nooms, uh, being put out there like that. And Kev has a little bit of that. He's putting out these beautiful, sexy plates, things they've never seen before. But along with that comes a higher price point. So when you're dealing with a club where everybody has just seen something for so long, it's almost like you have to tiptoe around your price points and your menu because now that they're seeing things that are $22, $26 on the menu uh, and seeing that like just above 20 price where they've always been used to seeing the 14 and 16, what I'm worried about is a coup d'etat, um, which is very possible in a club because they all know each other. Some people are very influential in the clubs. And all it takes is, you know, Harry, for instance, to just put out the email to the chain and say, hey, we're not ordering anything till the prices come down. And that could just kill your business. Yeah, you're talking about hiring people to actually make sure all the food's prepped and ready to go. You're hiring the wait staff to make sure you're taking care of the tables. You got the food runner in the place too. And at what point is it detrimental where, you know, maybe you cross the line with the wrong person and then you kind of put yourself in a box. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, Customer feedback is important, and knowing that your product is right for the market ahead of time is important too. You know, like he doesn't want to go in there and start charging too much, knowing that the people don't want to pay those prices. Yeah, totally. you should be able to get a good idea of what, who who it is that you're serving before you even go in there, right? And kind yeah. of kind of build something around. Know yeah. what they're that's, willing that's to the, spend. The tough part is when you get a contract like that. It's like awesome because you got a contract. You're like guaranteed business, and usually it's exclusive, right? So mm-hmm. if you if you get the contract to run a snack bar or something at one of these clubs, you're the only guy running the snack bar. They don't have a choice, right? But you got to make sure that you don't overbid or underbid, you know, and get killed on the whole on the whole deal. Because let's say you un, you underbid, you sign the contract, so you have to fulfill so you're it. In. Yeah. You know, so you're in. And if you underbid, you kind of screwed yourself for a whole year, yeah, basically. And so you really have to know going in who who's there and what they want. Like what I would probably expect. have a whole set of questions. Yeah. You, you almost can't be a brand anymore. You're just like, I have the contract to run this kitchen at this club. It's not if like for smoke, if smokehouse was doing it, they might say like, Oh, we want to have a smokehouse in our club. Okay. But like, let's talk about what you really want. Yeah. And I, you'd have to have a long conversation about, cause these are the price points. You're not going to get smokehouse at 50% discount, but we can do a, B and C, maybe do a satellite thing, a couple things, you know, and maximize or whatever. But you almost have to say, I'm not a brand anymore. I'm running this kitchen. This is a, this is a, I got a gig. I got a catering gig over here. And let's, <clears throat> let's talk to them, get exactly what they want. Make sure that no one's surprised by the price point going in. Yeah. And then, you know, like if you talk to them, say like, we need to run, we need to run a, you know, a 15 to $20 entree price point. And then you can figure out what you're going to do to hit that price point. 
And I agree with everything that you're saying, too. And uh, I'm under the impression maybe in the back end that they're looking to youthen the place up. Youthen? Can I use that that way? Uh, Trying to youthen the place up? It makes sense, though, right? I understand what you're saying. I don't think think it's a word. I don't think it's correct. (laughs) Is somebody going to take me to grammar jail out there? I hope not. Uh, Maybe. With with that said, though, I think they're trying to... Grammar. 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 Grammar jail. Grammar. I'm going to put the other young ladies in grandma jail. You got to be careful. I, you almost said euthanize. <laughs> I understand how close I am to some things. Uh, but I'm under the impression that they're trying to spruce the place up a little bit and provide some sexier looking things to get younger audience and sex. crowd. A younger audience and crowd into the place. And with doing that, these some of these items are special requested from some of the board. They wanted to do Wagyu and shit in here, and I don't think that anybody can justify the cost of it to actually put it in there for, you know, the handful of members that come out for dinner on Thursday nights. If that's what they want, that's what they want. The board, is that made up of the members? Because if they're asking for it, then that's what he should should do. Yeah, of course the board's made up of some of the members. But the problem is, no, but you know the price point on it, too. I do, and And so you tell them what it is and say, this is what you asked for. Yes, but in getting contracted and such in doing this, where you're taking is essentially all of the food sales that exist in the business. If they want to put that on there and you just eat that as a loss because nobody wants to pay for it, then that creates a problem in itself. You know what? I don't I don't know enough about the country club life to really I mean I was there for a little bit. We're partially speculating, right? Yeah. yeah. We sh- you know what we should do is try to get a, a club guy in in here. You want to talk to a club? We'll, we we'll do that. We we'll, should talk to a club guy. I think do you, so. Do you know a guy? Who works in the club business? Yeah, we'll reach out. I mean, okay. People are always sliding in the DMs. We'll, we'll you guys know out. a country club guy? Slide in our Waiting on Fries podcast DM there and, and tell us who we should be talking to, preferably in the area so we can put out some nice quality sounds. What do you got going on now? You just picked up a new gig. I did. Um, I will be part-time at USC in the upcoming weeks, uh, Union Square Cafe. Thank you. Yeah. I was um, about to ask. I know. <laughs> so uh, University of Southern California. <laughs> exactly. I'm out. I'm leaving. Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday, he's gonna fly out to California, come back. But um, no. So uh, a couple of my buddies from Manhattan are working over there now, and they're currently in the midst of Restaurant Week. New York City Restaurant Week is running from January twenty fifth because the city's finally gonna be allowed to open back up. Yeah. So from January twenty fifth to February twenty eighth is New York City's Restaurant Week. They're doing it a little bit different this year. It's a takeout only themed thing. So for takeout and delivery for twenty dollars and twenty one cents, you get a nice little offering from a handful of restaurants. USC I, being one of them. I'm just like, I'm I'm over here just looking at both of you just with emptiness inside. Like, eh, I want to be excited by it, but then it's like, all right, it's takeout only. All right, cool. I, that's a way to do it, I guess, because nobody could really sit in the restaurants well, anyway. Well, but you can. On Friday, you can. Well, the price points are pretty good. Twenty one ninety five to just order something out. On to go. 2021? Yeah, 2021. Get it? Oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Next year, it's going to go up a penny. Yeah. Inflation's happening. <laughs> 50 years, those margins are going to be crazy. <laughs> so sure enough, though, I mean, I like the idea that I guess there's tons of restaurants participating in this. I've flipped through the list. There's a handful of restaurants on there. So my question is, it's pretty expensive to stock a fridge going from zero to kind of 100. And I guess we are in the area where we're starting to open the restaurants back up a little bit as we're gearing into summer because it's 
it's here already, right? It's like oh, right it's there. been here. Yeah. Yeah. So even though it's like eight hundred feet of snow outside. So I guess there's less risk, right? And filling up the fridge and being able to start selling things. So I mean, this a lot of these month. places have been working on takeout only and outdoor dining. Some have little huts built up, so it's not really zero to one hundred for a lot of these places. For places that it is zero to one hundred, I couldn't imagine what they're going through. It's going to twenty five percent too, so it's it's really going zero to fifty. Yeah, zero to twenty-five. It's. I love the meme that's circulating too, where it's just like a picture of the outdoor area that one of the restaurants with a little bit of money put together, where they essentially just built, built another an restaurant, restaurant outside, <laughs> where it's completely enclosed. It's got walls and whatnot. Like, hey man, if you've got the finances behind it to make that happen for your staff and your business. Yeah, but it's comical that you could do that yes. and you're essentially just creating a smaller restaurant outside of your already built restaurant. You know what I mean? Like this is where we're Again, at. Again, it things. goes it goes down that that meme and it goes driving people miss the point of it. It goes down to square footage, not outdoor seating. It's like you're increasing your footprint. So you have more space to do the distancing and all that other stuff. Oh, and we spoke about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so if you're able to do it, go for it. But either way, like everybody's starting to get back into the game with has, indoor dining. Open. Has um, Union Square been doing takeout the whole time? Because I yeah. know that they closed a lot of their restaurants. Yeah, so I believe they've been going strong since like last May. Oh, okay. So they've been they've been going get the whole summer or whatever. So yeah. So it's it's also yeah. So it's much easier for them to like gear yeah. up a little and bit. And I was say. telling Jay before you got here, they also um, ship food nationwide via Gold Belly. Oh, really? This 100-layer lasagna that you can gold get belly, all across man. the country. Everybody's yeah. getting on that gold belly. I just, I, I told Nooms also, I was just looking at the prices, I just can't warrant ordering anything through gold belly, though. But you I think, understand you were, it works. If you were in, like, California and you wanted some of Danny Myers' famous lasagna, gold belly is the way to get it. Yeah, you can't warrant the price because you can go get it in 10 exactly. I guess so. You know? But even but on imagine, the, is there anything, like, on the other side? Like, what like about, a like, a... Chicago pizza or something Or, like, crazy in and out or something like yeah, that. In and, well, in and out. I, I mean, I guess raw burgers. That's kind of cool. I, I don't know. I assume like I'm just thinking of. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm on board with Gold Belly. I like it. You know, you guys are gonna hate that I like. First of all, In and Out is the inferior burger. It's about fat burger on the West Coast. Fat I'm, a fat, I'm fat burger all day. I'll note it. Check it out. To me, that would be a gag <coughs> gift. If Tri- I ordered triple fatty with cheese. If I ordered that through Gold Belly, it would be a gag gift, right? Because you're paying a premium for like. A hamburger. You're not going to order it every week. You know, no, it's not like I'm, this is my it, Wednesday night. for somebody who can't experience it. It's about yeah. the experience. Like, you know what? I want to get some In N Out or Fat Burger. Cats is on there. If you don't live in New York, you get some cats pastrami any day of the week. That's kind of nice. All Triple right. fatty with cheese. Did I say that? Yeah. And that's the way to go. I want one right now, actually. Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever's going to make you the happiest. Three half pound patties. Nice. Half pound patties. Yeah. Do they have those in San Diego? I got to go look I'm sure there are. Yeah, it's a West Coast thing. So you're going to go back twice a week. Uh, Mr. Pitt. Dr. Oh yeah, it doesn't Mr. exist Pitt. anymore, huh? Yeah, so I'll be there. I'll be there a couple days a week on my off days from diner. All right, are you are you ready to go back into the, the full swing commute here of going back down to the city? I don't think I want to go back into that the is city for sure. Something that's been weighing on my mind. I don't. I'm not super excited about it, but I'm super excited to be like doing something again. And, and for us, uh, for people listening, that's a Getting forty minute tongs working again. It's a yeah. forty minute commute, pretty tweezers. much, to hop on the train and hop on the subway and get down to the job, essentially. However, though, this um, so USC is in uh, Midtown or Lower Midtown, okay. so I don't have to go all the way down to the all financial right. district. So you like shave a little bit of time off. Yeah. Fine. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that there's still travel involved at the end For of the sure. night. You still have to make sure that you make the specific train that runs yeah. every 40 minutes or whatever it is, right? I believe I'm going in there in a prep capacity, so I don't intend to stay there all night. <laughs> okay, cool. 
So, all right, so you need to get back the knife skills again exactly. and the plating exactly. skills. And Slow it in, you know? Yeah. Nice and easy. Ease it in. It's been almost a year, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, when you're in there, the first thing that you prep, you're going to have to take a picture and put it on the Waiting on Fries Instagram I believe account. it'll be the 100 layer lasagna I was speaking about. Awesome. I can't wait to see this happen. I'm excited. All right, cool. And That, that 100 layer lasagna sounds good right now. It does. I can go for a plate. Go yeah. get some. I'm with right into the city. I'm I'm on a lean diet though for the next two weeks because I'm hitting Tampa. Can't eat that. I'm hitting Tampa <laughs> and I'm you know I'm going hard. No drinking. No no. I'm going grilled chicken smoothie um, in the morning. Grilled chicken and that's it for the next two weeks. Like it's in Tampa. Get my beach body on. You know. Yeah. You're a good man. You're a good man. I need to be doing some push-ups or hitting the gym a little bit, Hit getting that. something going here. Gym's you know? like 50 yeah, you away, have man. a gym right downstairs. <laughs> I wish I had this. Right upstairs. It's like or yeah, upstairs, yeah. It's four more floors up, though. I got to get up Don't you live on the there. second floor? Yeah. It's three floors. Same thing. So there's your cardio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just jump right into the you weights. Know? Think about going up, come right back down. I wish I had my that. That would be great. Too. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a Peloton, you're good to go. Now... You you just said you had the smoothest Super Bowl you've ever had last week, right? This was yes, the smoothest, surprisingly smoothest Super Bowl Sunday we've run so far. Great, great operationally. Long day, <laughs> long ass day. A long but day that starts with bagels, as is tradition. Bagels tradition, absolutely. <laughs> did it start with Katy Perry as well? Did you blast Katy Perry? We didn't. No, we didn't blast Katy Perry. It was like kind of a rough morning because of the snowstorm. Because okay. I throw that in there. Yeah, so yeah, that is true. We had the snowstorm, so we were a little bit late starting off, which made me think it wasn't going to be a. a uh, is that, smooth, the, is that the first Super Bowl snowstorm that yeah, Smokehouse every, has had? Yeah, 13 years yeah. since 2007. We've done 13. <laughs> super, this is our 13th Super Bowl, minus one because of the fire last year. Yeah. And then <laughs> every year we've had, like, great weather. It's been, like, 50-plus degrees, yep. sunny, whatever. Because in, in Old Neuro, you had to cook outside. Yeah, and Mike and Mike was uh, saying, he's like, yo, we're supposed to get a storm outside. I was like, nah, Super Bowl. It's going to be gorgeous out. Don't worry about it. Even the one, the Super Bowl that was in New York, yeah, it yeah. was nice Super Bowl Sunday, and then it we got was. pounded the next day with yep. the snowstorm. I remember but that. The, Mike was like, "Yeah, it's gonna come, it's gonna come." I'm like, nah, it's Super Bowl, it's gonna be gorgeous out. I woke up Sunday morning. Yep, Car- I remember that was the first thought because I took my dog out for a walk, and I was like, "Damn, they got to do Super Bowl in this." <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't stop until like what six, seven o'clock, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was snowing all day, and people yeah. were calling like. Oh, it's a storm. Are you guys open? I'm like, yeah. There was no way we were closing. Exactly. Today. There was no shot that that was going to happen. So smoothest operationally, what did you do different? What made a big difference? Uh, our our setup was much more put together. Mm-hmm. Um, first Super Bowl where we didn't have where we didn't have a uh, new Rochelle open. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody was there. That's a higher so, demand on one restaurant, obviously. A higher demand on one restaurant, so we were getting a lot of calls from from the Nuro. Um, you know, area. the new row area looking for wings and stuff like that. So we had to transition everybody from the traditional wings that they were used to to the <laughs> tailgate wings. That must have been a little bit of a battle. That was a little, oh, where's the, uh, let me get that Habanaki. I'm like, oh, we're, uh, not, we're not doing that this we year. We don't have that anymore. Oh, man. Is That's, that, that going to be back at New New Rochelle? Or you... I, I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, no, I shouldn't say I don't think so. It's it's not. It's not. <laughs> Uh, tailgate wings is 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 the wing. That's Stand the strong. Way. Get behind the tailgate. That's wing. the way we're going. We might run a special every once in a while because yeah. habanaki is the flavor. Habanaki is always a great flavor. It's the flavor. It's the best flavor yeah. that we've ever put out there. Maybe we can that. figure out how to do habanaki sauce for the tailgate wings. That could be something we could work on. You know, because that's the key. But anyway, switching to that wings, those wings made it a little bit easier because of the 
fire time. Yeah. Obviously, the prep time is a lot longer, but the right. fire time is the easier. Fire time's a lot quicker. We got the hot holding set up correctly this year with enough hot holding so we can fire everything, throw it in there, and then when people are coming in for the wings, we just pull the tray out. So you're boom, not boom, occupying boom. your grill last minute. Yeah, and taking up all yeah. that time. How many how many wings did you set up? Uh, a couple thousand. It wasn't as many as we usually do. Okay, but that was you know, a because you know COVID. Yeah, and then because because of COVID, there weren't enough chickens. Actually, every year they lose the chickens. Mm. Right, I like to laugh because every year the price goes up and right. they charge like crazy money for chicken wings. I saw it? somebody post this year that chickens was selling at like. Three seventy-five a pound, something Dude, around that. A case, a forty-pound case yeah. that usually costs us eighty dollars was one hundred and thirty dollars. Kind of crazy, right? That's, that's the rough. that was the difference this year. That is, but rough. the problem is that it used they used to lose the chickens on purpose because it was Super Bowl, and then they could say, you know, oh, there's a chicken shortage. Right. And I used to say it was a conspiracy that they would just do that every year. Every year around Super Bowl, yeah, raise around the price. Super Bowl, raise the price. This yeah. this year they actually um. This year they actually didn't produce enough chickens because they weren't sure what the rest how the restaurant industry was was going, who was going to be open, who wasn't. You can't overproduce, so right. there was actually actually a chicken shortage, and we actually couldn't get it. So every year before they would say there's a chicken shortage, but you and could you just order have to as pay many. more. Right. Yeah, you pay more, but you could order as much as much as you want. This yeah. year you couldn't, and we had to go from vendor to vendor and like pull a couple cases over here, a couple cases over there. That, that's how we rolled. That's rough. But but operationally, it was this. It was the smoothest one. Nice. Would you say the majority of your orders went out to New Rochelle, or is it like the manager? Ah, uh, they were mostly pickups. Surprisingly, in the storm. Hmm. Not that we didn't have any deliveries, but there was a good. You know, it was a lot of pickups. But yeah, we were all over the place. Nice. Marinick, Rye, New Rochelle, Porchester. It's funny. Scarsdale. It's funny when you see how a lot of these places are all. Uh, they're huge on selling wings during the Super Bowl. They're huge on getting the orders in ahead of time. They've got to know the numbers that they're pulling in. The These places, they're requesting a week in advance, two weeks in advance. You start putting your orders through so they can know how many numbers they need to get on these wings. And for me, my, my question is just like, how many chickens are actually out there in the first place that they have all these wings? Like, where's the rest of the chicken go? I'm so confused by where the rest of the chicken goes. Into a different case to be used at the same, at a, another restaurant, you know? Yeah. But, like, the wings are so damn small. Are these well, these some, are like chicklets. On some of them. So, like, where's the rest of the chiclet go? I've never seen a chiclet on the store shelf for you to be able to purchase. And You're saying you've never seen, like, a wing-sized chicken breast? You, you've never seen dino nuggets? No. Explain. At Costco? Like, the little miniature nuggets where they're all just ground up? That's yeah. the rest of the chiclet? Yeah. It could be. Or, you know... 10-piece chicken nuggets at McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. You've got a point that I didn't really think about further. Uh, is it? Think about the local places that are just known to be slamming out wings for years now, right? And uh, we don't. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, we don't have to name them, but they exist. They've erected a whole separate area for catering pickups and for just cooking these to-go orders, essentially. And that's over the years of realizing how big they've gotten and how much room they need to actually produce these wings or, you know, whatever the hell they're selling during catering seasons to not affect the actual rest, the restaurant itself. So when you're talking about you're having a problem finding wings and there's like these shortages, like are they are is it places like that that are just so used to getting so many pounds of wings come Super Bowl 
that you're just not allocated in other stores for them? I mean, if you probably if you do a certain amount of volume, you probably allocated your wings ahead of somebody who does a fraction right? of that volume. I, yeah. yeah, I would I would suspect this. The yeah, case. I mean, certain places are before, but this year was actually like like we're an allocated right. Like we have wings allocated. Usually, we sign a contract every year. They usually for, have the trailer parked in the back yeah. the back parking lot at New Row, and it's just yeah. full of wings. So we would be we would be one of the one of those businesses that would get the wings ahead of other people. But even even we had to pick in here and there from place to place. So yeah, that that can be tough. Like, what do you do in this situation where you, you can't got, produce the wings that you were supposed to be able to produce? You, you push talk, the ribs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> push the ribs exactly. And you know what we did actually is we sold a, a ton of thighs, like the, uh, the uh, fried the thighs. Fried thighs. So we you know we have the we do like a boneless wing with chicken thighs, and they're fried. So you know once we got close to the the wing being capped the number of wings we could do we just say hey we got bonus all day there wasn't a shortage on thighs and uh, i don't know for me i can't do i'm not a thigh lover i'm not you're wrong you're you're wrong no i understand ranches for rookies i get it no no no, no, i'm saying that the thigh is a new wing i'm not into the thighs as a wing you're wrong not a boneless wing either it's just completely different do you fry you're frying it though yes yeah no i'd like it a little bit more that way then (laughs) I'm just thinking of thigh kind of just being the same way that the wings are produced, which they're not really fried in New Rochelle. They're like more so grilled, rolled, baked, and then you flash fry them a little bit, right? What I mean, smoked. What about? is this guy talking smoked? about? Smoked. You smoked the wings in Mamaroneck, right? Don't confuse it. All right, New Rochelle, we did traditional wings. Correct. I'm not talking about New Rochelle. It doesn't oh, okay. exist right now. You just said New Rochelle. So Mamaroneck, yeah. I meant to say smokehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so Mamaroneck, they're smoked the wings. Yeah. Then they hit the grill. Yeah, they're never fried. Oh, I thought there was like a flash. Rub smoked, it. grilled, then rolled. Have you seen cool. the t-shirt? So for me, if you were going to do a thigh like that, I don't know if I could buy into it. A smoked and grilled thigh is a delicious piece of meat. Yeah. Look, we all have our opinions. Some people eat Lucky Charms for breakfast, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I didn't win any boxes. I'm not happy about Super Bowl. I did. Bowl. Oh, good for you, man. Seriously? Oh, yeah. I didn't win any boxes either. That's fantastic. You know, I'm glad. Did you guys host it at Smokehouse or no? No, 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 no. I didn't. The, I didn't get into. We didn't sell any boxes. No. Okay. I. You know. I think I got I, in on one somewhere else. <laughs> and, it, and it hit. Yeah. I. I feel like. You know, a lot of places look forward to selling their boxes. You know, behind their bars or registers or whatever it is. Come. I usually do, but since we've only had no seats at the bar all the oh, time, a little harder to sell. It's harder maybe. to sell, and I don't want to worry about having to cover the. Cover the box. Because then you have to use directly social media essentially to sell this thing. Yeah. That's how I bought my box. Uh, that or just end up buying 50 of the boxes and, <laughs> and you know. And having to cover like that. If you sell 50 and then you have to cover the other 50, you could win. You hit. Okay. But what if you pay <laughs> for you 50 don't? of the boxes? <laughs> uh, I, I love one of the guys I used to work with uh, beside through the day, Miles. Uh, shout out to Miles. He would be like, I, I love hosting these boxes. It's great. It's like a thing. It brings people in. He goes, however, I'm so sick of getting fucked and having to buy the last 10 boxes that don't sell repeatedly. So, like, yeah, all right, I could understand the trouble that, you know, you wind up getting into through doing the boxes. Guys, don't forget to uh, smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms.